What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is Haber Minimalkoff. I'm Guy. That's John. Welcome to our YouTube channel and our podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, great. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. We appreciate it. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you. Share it with your friends. Help it continue to grow. Uh, the likes and the subs on the pod feed help a lot, and the shares on the po- the likes and the subs on the YouTube help. The pod shares also help. So thank you. Appreciate nice, uh, all you people. Nice melon hat you're wearing today, John. They're not a sponsor, but they're doing great stuff with uh, the Maui Relief. And right now, through the end of August, percentage of uh, every sale over there at the melon, M-E-L-I-N.com, goes to um, the Ama Olukai Foundation, which is uh, assisting in uh, financial relief for the uh, Maui fires. They've raised over $20,000, so go check it out. Do you see the house that uh, everything got burned around it, but it didn't get burned? No. Oh, my God. It was an incredible picture. I like mean, the whole the house was untouched. The house was untouched. Yeah. Oh, on one hand, if that's your house, you're like, thank you. And on the other hand, you're like, how can I? It's incredible, right? Everybody else lost everything. Why does my? Why do I deserve to have my house stand? Right. I, that's God. That's we played. We played golf when I went to Tahoe with a guy who clearly, I mean, really successful. It was you know we just randomly got paired with him, and he was telling us that one of his business partners had purchased a home probably six, seven years ago and put and and for a couple million dollars and put way more than he bought it for into it. it he said it was just spectacular. Had this was probably within a couple days after the fires had all burned down. And he's like, actually he's in really good spirits. He doesn't really care. I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah, he just well, lost his wife six months ago and put it all in perspective. Mm. Like, Jesus, what a stretch. Oh my God. Thanks to Mellon for letting us share some of what they're doing. Because uh, it's awesome stuff. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We are sponsored by our friends at Tito's. Handmade Vodka, John Tito's. Handmade Vodka, numero uno. That's our go-to. You sidle up to the bar. You tell them Tito's, and that's all you need to say. Bartender's going to know that you're not somebody to mess with because you got a good idea of what's good. Well, think about this. You know, we're, we're a podcast for the working man. This is the working man's holiday coming up, Labor Day. You're going to have several days off. You got a lot of football on TV. It's like one of the last weekends to really probably enjoy the lake, enjoy the pool. Uh, If you're by an ocean, I'm jealous. Uh, Pour yourself a Tito's and grab yourself a bottle of Tito's. I, I just, I don't think it can even be compared price point relative to the, the, uh, you know what it's messing with it's it's premium right compared to its others in its class it's not even close i can't handles obviously a fifth you, you name it it doesn't get any better uh, uh you know i i don't know if do you think summer has a better drink than a john daly lemonade iced tea both of those things individually summer tito's 365 Put all three of them together, John Daly. If you're at the golf course and you ask for the transfusion, that, that, it's pretty tasty. It's pretty good. <laughs> Whatever you like, do it with Tito's. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. And by the way, we'll tell you quickly, you can check links on the YouTube and the podcast for promos with our friends at butcherbox.com slash ham, code ham. And at Game Time, the Game Time app gets you 20 bucks off with the code ham right now. Got to watch the Giants before the season ends because I don't know if they're going to be in the playoffs, old guy. Uh, you watched the Giants last day? They wouldn't have a home game anyway. They're playing the fucking Reds. They had almost a no-hitter last night. Incredible. Yeah. And uh, Tim Lincecum basically debuted the night before with 11 strikeouts. So 
They're they're I'm back. For that guy. Huh? Yeah. They're De La back. Salle. He's from De La Salle. Well, but they're not in the playoffs as well, they're playing right now. Yeah, they're playing the Reds right now. Uh Trey Turner, by the way, I gotta tell you, man, fans giving a guy a standing O, you first brought this up while he's struggling, not in any place but Philadelphia, and then him turning into an MVP level player in the immediate month after is incredible. He had a home run today. I think he's got a hit in every game. He's got nine homers and 26 <laughs> RBIs in the 24 game. He's hitting 369 since he he bottomed out with his OPS on August 4th. They gave him a standing ovation. He's been on fire since. I think you're underselling giving okay. him a standing ovation. They gave him 10 years, $300 million, and he wasn't just like having the worst season of his career. He was ha- being one of the worst players in baseball. Like I follow so many people in Philly – that are, you know, obviously cover the Eagles, but you just you're a Philly guy. You love the Phillies too, especially they're good now. It was I, I, Shield Kapadia, athletic guy, yeah. who's just a numbers guy. I remember him tweeting out some stats like he was having a historically bad season. Like they had just given him three hundred million. I, that's part of it, right? If you just a one year deal, twenty five million, they're like this didn't work out. Three hundred million, right? They they they've given another guy three hundred plus million. That fucking guy's box office. He's been remarkable. Then you're just kind of expecting, listen, you know, Bryce Harper 2.0. Obviously, he's got a different game, but you're just expecting a box office player. And by midsummer, you're booing him. And then I think I think it was like a Barstool Philly account basically just said, we got to flip the mojo around. <laughs> They're good. I mean, they are. I mean, clearly, they were in the World Series last year. They're going to easily win the wild card this year they're gonna host the wild card that, that place one gamer at, at uh pnc park that's a pretty good spot no not pn is it pnc pnc no i think that's, that's pittsburgh Steeler. uh the, yeah whatever they call it that's that's a good that's a good home venue for a one-off right yeah. is that that's, is that's that a one is that a, is that a one-off game still or is it best, uh, best of, three? of three i thought it was best of three yeah i think you're right um no the wild card I don't know. I still haven't figured out the baseball's <laughs> postseason. <laughs> I haven't really tried to, but um, John, it is uh, September t- uh, September tenth is the Forty uh, ers opener. They'll be in uh, Pittsburgh soon, and uh, by my count, uh, today's August thirtieth, so that makes it one, two, eleven days away from uh, the Forty ers opener. If you don't count today, and uh, Nick Bosa still not on the team. I mean, he's on the team, but he's not with the team. Does he count in one of the 53-man roster spots? No. Because they put him on did not report. Chris Jones, I saw a guy put on that. I I think a lot of, you know, like the Jonathan Taylor situation is so stupid. It's like, Jonathan, they're never going to trade you. No one's going to offer them anything worth their while to trade you. And then those teams, even willing to try to get you on a little bit of a discount, don't plan on extending you. So this, this whole hoopla is so stupid. Where ultimately, like, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald was the last time, like, a guy like Nick Bosa, and I throw Chris Jones in there, too, just were like, hey, we ain't showing up until we get a stupid amount of money. And at the time, it was 87 and 90 guaranteed, which that dates pretty well. I mean, that, that was a long time ago now. That the, What was that, like, 2018? I mean, we're, we're all far removed from that, and those guys know, like, Clearly, quarterback's the number one position. No one argues it. It's why if there's ever a position in a draft, if the best player's a quarterback, he always goes one, two, or whatever. The position that always goes right after the quarterback, if there's the equivalent, 
is the defensive lineman. And then once you get that guy and he's sweet, the team, the front office, the coach, his teammates, and all the fans are like, this is fucking incredible. This guy is on our team? We got Khalil Mack at fifth? We got Aaron Donald? We got Nick Bosa? Miles Garrett? It doesn't, it just, that is, Trent Williams is cool, and don't get me wrong, I, you know, former offensive lineman, Davis High. Uh, (laughs) There is, you said this, You've said this perfectly forever. That was John's no name. one, no one does cartwheels for offensive linemen, and you don't really know you got that guy for a couple years anyway. You know pretty quickly, like this guy looks badass. He's fucking sacking people. He's crushing people in the run game. I think these guys have some fucking leverage, and I, I give them. Anytime a holdout starts, you're just like, how long is this really gonna go? It's like they're gonna budge. I think these guys know. Like, what are you guys gonna do? Nick goes, Kyle, say one thing for Chris Jones. If Andy really wanted to, like, hey, man, I've been to four Super Bowls. I've won a couple. Like, you're not make or breaking my legacy. I think Nick would go, hey, Kyle, everyone kind of rips you as the guy that gets really, really close and can't quite get over the hump. And now you got this Trey Lance thing that's going to follow you for a little bit. I know for a fact that you ain't winning the Super Bowl without me. We're definitely not going to give yourself the best opportunity without me. You know that. I know that. So, yeah, you and Prague can run your numbers. You're probably right. But I feel like I feel. I ain't fucking budging. Don't call me if not. I'll be working out here with my pops and who knows who else. They're all probably jacked and tan. Uh, yeah, call me when you're ready. Like I, I by no means think it's a lock that he's playing week one. Either of the guys. I mean, Chris Jones already tweeted week eight. It feels crazy to be like Nick Bosa won't show up till week eight, but he's gotten this far. What's their like record if he misses eight games? I that if they were gonna be uh Steelers, seven Rams, and one, Giants, six and two Cardinal. team, I think yeah. you would add a loss. Yeah, I think you might like, add two. Like to me, A, it's like, are you five and three? I now I know like you would say, well, one five player. and three is better than they usually start. <laughs> Steelers, Rams, Giants, Cardinals. You could go three and one in that stretch without Bosa, right? You could. You'd have to win three in a row, maybe. But I think your roster gets a little more rattled, right? We were like, oh, is it going to be weird for them with Trey gone? No. Is it going to be weird with them if Bosa doesn't show? Yeah, it will be. Uh, Cowboys at Browns at Vikings, Bengals. You could easily go two and two in that stretch. So there's, I mean, you could go two, again, you could go five and three with Nick. So I don't think it's an automatic that, but which means you could go four and four without him. Yeah, I mean, he's a sack of game guy. He's just one of the best players in the league. And to me, he just kind of helps set the tone for your team. So, yeah, it's uh, now with McCaffrey, right? McCaffrey or Debo can be hurt, and it's not crippling. There is no, like, who's your starting ends? Uh, Cleland Furl and fucking Drake Jackson. (laughs) That's a little different for Steelers going in. Because there is, it would be interesting, and it's going to be, I would say, if he plays in week one, is he playing as much as he normally would have if they would have got this done three weeks ago? Probably not. You're not risking part of signing him to an enormous contract is playing. this. It's not even really – it's obviously about this year, but it's about the next four or five. So you're not – he's not playing 55 snaps. Is he only playing 20? Is there like a – Oh. How, how, you can't play him 45 snaps. He can't just show up and do that. That's insane. Right. 
What do you give me? Already, snaps. It's all get a John, It's already a loss then. A loss like, for what? You're, well, the negotiation. <laughs> like you've already. I'm not saying the whole thing. The win is getting Nick Bosa. That's a win. Nick Bosa suits up for you. You won. He'll win with whatever he gets paid, and you'll win because you get Nick Bosa, and that's what it costs to have Nick Bosa. But if you pay him what you would have paid him three weeks ago, if you do that on September 3rd and it affects how much he can play in your opener, then you that's a, that is a loss, right? The whole thing's not a loss, but in that category, wasted time, wasted opportunity. Well, here's what I know, and anyone that follows the 49ers knows this. They like winning negotiations, and they always have. I mean, even when they've paid guys a lot of money, they always do it early. That contract ages immediately incredibly well, and they have, like, Parag is great at these little outs at times. Like, damn, they already can get out of this thing for nothing? Like, they have these well, curveballs. Kaepernick was an all-timer. Unfair yeah, negotiation. But, but, but they've, they've done that with so many people. No, I know. And I just think they're not doing that. Like, this is the first time, even Trent Williams, for as crazy as that was, they were only had one real suitor that I think he was thinking about going to, the Chiefs. And they gave him $60 million guaranteed. Like, if Trent Williams had been a free agent this year, would a team have given him, like, two years, $60 million guaranteed every penny and just paid him, like, $30 million a year or something? Probably, right? The well, why couldn't he have gotten Aaron Don- something near Aaron Donald's contract? Yeah, three years, $95 million or something. Why, wouldn't you do that if you were another team? And get, uh, I'll guarantee every penny. So part of the negotiation is like, well, you're not a free agent. You, you can't play other teams. Nick's like, that's true. But I kind of am in the sense of like, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to get. And I think they're the next position. Running backs at the bottom, right? They, they're just the loudest. Like they chirp, even though no one gives a fuck. Like Chris Ballard's like, yeah, Jonathan, you're going to go on pup. See you later, buddy. Like they, they're just loud. But the guards and centers have no juice. Linebackers don't have that much juice. How tight ends don't have that much juice. This position does, right? Because the importance, the hierarchy of where they stand, and just it's one of the last positions in this regulated game that is still allowed to kick ass, take names physically. It's why that, you know, when Khalil and Aaron signed their deals a long time ago, no one thought it was that weird. The only question you have, like with Joey, is, you know, he's kind of getting banged up a lot. Feels like Joey misses time. But if Joey just, if I told you Joey during the life of his contract averages 15 to 16 games, you don't, well, whatever. It's a fantastic deal, right? He's a, he's a big time player. Part of Khalil, Khalil started getting banged up a lot. It's, it's about the only question with the top guys is health. Like their game just, they can play. Like that's the knock with Vaughn last year. They gave him $50 million. You're like, you're giving this much money to a, uh, whatever, 33 year old? Now he's on pup. It's not that the contract is that crazy. It's like, can you trust this guy staying healthy? And that's the only question you have with elite defensive linemen. There's no like, well, the game, does he, you know, it's like, no, they dominate. The Rams traded for this guy and he gave him like a sack every game. They won the Super Bowl. I was like, God, he looks pretty good. Yeah. Well, and part of it too is like Bosa is not clearly softened by the fact that they always call him the best player. Like we're, we're calling you the best player. Part of it feels like maybe it wasn't just about being honest. It was about saying, get ready for our offer. It's going to reflect that you think that we think you're one of the best players. But when we say that, we mean one of the highest paid players or the highest paid player, just not the highest paid player by $35 million. 
right? I think that's part of what, when they've been saying all this time, how openly they talk about how valuable he is. I think part of it is understand it's, it's kind of getting him ready for, it was an attempt to get Nick and his agent ready for, we think you are the best player in the league and we're going to give you a contract that God damn it, nobody else could get. And Nick's going, I know, but I really want a contract nobody else will get for a few more years, right? And it's not about, well, you know, Brandon Ayuk's going to be expensive, Nick. And Nick's going to go, good for Brandon. I don't know why how that affects me, right? Quarterback doesn't have to sit around going, Daniel Jones isn't like, oh, well, what can we do for Saquon, right? He's saying, I'm going to act like most quarterbacks act. Now, you could argue Mahomes did the Chiefs a solid, right? But for the most part, quarterbacks just get paid. They get it all. And there's no give backs because, well, that's what I'm going to do for this team. What Brady did for so long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the healthiest part of the NFL is that you're that 99% of your players, you're just, you're very fluid with. To me, it's the unhealthiest part about, for the most part, baseball contracts and basketball contracts is you get stuck with them, mm-hmm. right? You can get stuck with a contract in football, but it's because the quarterback fell off a cliff, right? Or, you know, your star defensive lineman got hurt, but it's you felt very good about signing that deal. You never have to like, well, this is just, you got to pay him to pay him. Like, you got to give Jalen Brown $300 million. He can't dribble. Like, that never happens in football. I'm like, wait, the guy fucking can't dribble. You're like, ah, oh, it's just, that's the max. I always, that always is the dumbest argument in basketball. It's like, yeah, that's not smart. Right, <laughs> that's that, that's what the I'll give the Warriors credit. Like they signed Wiggins to just I don't know a normal contract. Like Draymond signs like normal contracts. Like every other team is like no wonder you guys suck. The Celtics don't, but now I mean with three hundred million dollars Jalen Brown, good luck. I'm shorting that franchise. Big picture, it's like in football you really just have to do that. Like you said to the quarterbacks and the occasional other players, because even when you go like. God, Fred Warner might be like an eight-time All-Pro. It's like, yeah, he plays linebacker. We only have to average about $13.5 million a year, right? It's like, it's not like he's not, and that's the thing in basketball and baseball, there's just like universal numbers. In football, it's like, well, you play that position, right? We got the greatest center in the history of centers. Like, oh, yeah, Jason Kelsey's making $12 million, right? You're like, that's just, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like, Hufunga, he could make two more All-Pros, assuming that little cyst thing on the back of his knee, that's a little bit of a red flag. Uh, it's like, oh, he plays safety. He's $10 million a year. You know? Yeah. Fred Warner, best linebacker in the league. $27 million guaranteed. <laughs> like, wait, what did Kittle get again? And here's the thing. Those are two of the highest paid players on this team. CAA has to be enjoying this Bosa negotiation because they're like, these fucking 49ers take us to the woodshed. Oh, no, win-win. Win-win, but we don't feel as good about it as they feel about it, right? It's that type of win-win. It's win-win when you agree to split the check, but somebody had four drinks and somebody had one. Like, yeah, win-win, we split the check, but you had four drinks and I had one. And that's the well, way these I, Niners negotiations have gone. Well, th- and this is what's great about being an NFL fan is 99.9% of these, you're never that worried about because it's always going to get resolved. And this is not the NBA where he could just be like, fuck this. I demand a trade. The team would be like, yeah, that, it's not happening. You're not like, buying the Reddit you, rumor, John. You just know you're in control. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, unless like they get miles Garrett back or something like they, they would have to get something back. Like they're not trading him for draft picks, but my, my point, 
but they would actively choose to do that. Like they're in control and Nick is stuck here, but the only way you can ever get even close to what you want is do what he's doing at, at a position where they need you, which him. So to yeah. me, just, I, 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 I do think him not playing week one is on the table. And I wouldn't, if you would ask me two weeks ago, I'm like, no chance. Now it's like, uh, yeah, he's gone this far. What's the point? Um, unless the Niners get some urgency in him over the next couple days. It's not like, because clearly this weekend, I, I think I saw some coach said that, you know, the league rules, mandatory kind of bye week beside everyone that's, you know, beside like the Chiefs and Lions. I, I think like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are guaranteed days off for the players. And I would imagine a lot of coaching staffs get a couple days, go hang out with your family or whatever after the long training camp. I don't think John Lynch and fucking Kyle are just sitting with their feet up by the pool waiting until Monday, right? I mean, this is a situation. This is the, they're really their only situation. I know they got to figure out some kicker stuff, but I, I just mean about like a guy on their roster that they need. They got to figure out. Kyle going to be out this. beating the bushes? I mean, I don't know how he figures out <laughs> kicker stuff. I don't know what you expect them to do. Well, I, I, I just mean you bring a workout. Open kicking guy. competitions? Yeah. Oh, I heard there was one in Santa Rosa. I'm going to swing by and check out some local kickers. <laughs> I mean, no I one gives a shit less. I, yeah, I than him. I I wonder if we got Parag and John Lynch in a room, how many times John has had to really get involved in a negotiation from the standpoint of, okay, Jed, John, Kyle, Parag, John says, guys, I understand this is what the value is, but I've got to override Parag's numbers here. We just have to get this done. Has that happened? I mean, there's no evidence really based on the deals they've done that they've had to be in that position because every deal they've done seems to have made sense, right? From like a Niners, what makes sense to us standpoint. And I do. Yeah, wonder, they've, they've, but, they've, been, they've been easy deals for the Niners. They've been easy deals, yeah. I mean, the only <laughs> Debo was complicated in the sense they had to manage him, and that's what Kyle and John do well. But are we in a – is this new ground yeah, for them? Where, where John says – I would say his was a little – his was a little complicated, and like he's an incredible player. He cares for the playoffs. But these other guys are true receivers. Are we paying him their sixty million dollars guaranteed? I think it was a lot of like Debo. We need a lot out of you. Yeah, and that's why I think clearly the disappointment last year that was complicated in the sense of like, hey Debo, can we trust your level of drive to stay in shape? And last year clearly, and he's like, oh, it just wasn't in good shape. You know, it's had a lot going on. And in fairness, this year he's battled right back, and he looks new man. He looks ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a little like Nick, you feel less about Nick, obviously from a shape standpoint. But when their heads right, when Debo's head right, he like Nick Bosa. He's an unstoppable force. And I think anytime you get unstoppable forces in football, and all the good teams have several of them, you just do what you got to do to figure it out and get them going. Like there's not like you're not hassling over 50 grand in a, in a buying a home, right? Like ultimately it's an ego thing on both sides. And that's what I would imagine. The story's truly going to come out. Cause I, I bet whenever Albert Brewer or Peter King, when the deal actually is finished, whether that's in the next couple of days or whether that's in three weeks where the numbers were originally started at, I, I think we're going to learn the pretty, pretty high numbers and the yeah. 49ers, the way they fundamentally run their business is we don't just, get emotional in this stuff, like say Jerry Jones. And then a couple years in be like, ah, Jerry regrets that one. They, they don't do a lot of regret that one. <laughs> right. And, the, and, and that is, 
they run their business like fucking, I would imagine, Lakeup when he was coming up in the VC world. Like, they are very, very black and white with their emotions. Like, this is our price, this is what That's we're doing. That's why I this say, John, price, this is what we're doing. Is this one where John Lynch has, gets involved, or where Jed gets in, or where some, somebody just says, we have to put aside is this our where, normal is game Is this where Jed gets point. everyone in the room, this like Peter said? First of all, <laughs> I want everyone to know I'm holding you accountable. Don't make me go hire Mooch again. I saw, um, I saw, I saw someone DM me. They're like, "Listen, obviously it sucks trading all these picks, and can we stop talking about all the other players beside Micah Parsons? And then, even if we're gonna do Micah Parsons, clearly that sucks. Like if if we play that game, that sucks. But if we could redo the draft, guess what? Micah Parsons goes number two, right? It goes Trevor Lawrence, Micah Parsons. Do we all agree with that? Like, is yeah. Micah Parsons the number two pick in that draft? Yeah. But regardless, even if we want to play that game, the next two drafts, the Niners did draft 29-29, and one of the picks is Cole Strange, like a starting guard. And the other uh, guy is DC or something. I don't even know don't even know who the guy is. Here's Might a question a for player, you. But. So could the if the Niners came out and said, stop saying what you just said. Stop saying we could have drafted Micah, okay? We would have drafted Henry Ruggs. <laughs> Would they get credit for that? Or are people like, you know, is that too much information? It's probably too much information. Guys, we were taking Jeff Gladney anyway, all right? We yeah. loved – we would have just taken Kinlaw 12. Do you think it's Am even worse? Draft? I'm on the wrong draft. Hold on. Yeah, right. Rug. I think it was like Devontae 21. Smith or whatever. Yeah, we, we loved hmm, – I think it would be – good picks. I, I, think it, <laughs> I think it'd be worse if they had dropped like, listen, I know Quitty you all Tay think was we, our man. Uh, I know you all think we would have drafted Micah, but a lot like the Patrick Mahomes draft, we didn't even watch any tape on the guy. We didn't even fucking know the guy existed. He had taken the year off. We're like, fuck it, who's this guy? Let's just let's just focus on these three quarterbacks that all might stink. Micah Micah who? Played where? Would Jamar <laughs> Chase go ahead of Micah Parsons? I don't think so. No. <laughs> But that might be three. I think it would go. Trevor Lawrence would still go one, obviously. I think Micah Parsons would have to go two. I agree. Okay. Then Chase. I think it. I think Smith. at three. I think at three, you could make the argument for for the corner. Would you rather have Jamar Chase? If they're both elite All Pros, would you have the wide receiver or the corner? But again, we're, we're talking Jamar about. Chase, but yeah, you're right. All Pros. Yeah. It was an excellent draft. Really, it was. The wrong. This was the draft where you could throw a blind dart and hit a Pro Bowler in the top. Well, do you know? Do you know what was incredible for the Cowboys, so I, the I Eagles, and all these teams that got all these sweet players? Is the Jets and the 49ers trading up push these players down? Right. Think about like Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase, Patrick Sertan, Devontae Smith. They have absolutely nothing in common with Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. I mean, not, Trey Lance is a third-string quarterback on his second team. Jamar Chase and fucking Micah Parsons, I mean, honestly, if you just pulled everybody, you'd be like, yeah, they're going to be Hall of Famers as long as they don't have a major injury. Like, that's like, it's not like, oh, yeah, they, they are the best. They're Hall of Famers if they don't have a major injury. I mean, Zach Wilson is not playing for years, and, and the other guy is a third-string quarterback. Well, some years there are true number. You and I were talking about this before we started the show, where there are true number ones. Trevor Lawrence, that's just that's a number one level pick in any draft. Luck, number one level pick. Hell, 
personality shit aside, injury will I mean, Kyler is a like number one, that's a number one pick, right? From a talent standpoint. When I when I went to uh Radio City when I worked for the Eagles, it, Cam Newton was the number one yeah, pick. That's I'd a number that. one pick. <laughs> I don't yeah. did the twenty two draft have a true number one pick in it? I don't know. We'll see. I don't What's know. It's a twenty two draft. Well, Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Derek Stingley Jr. Oh. Uh, no. Sauce Gardner. Right? I mean, that like but how often years does their corner go one? Right. right. That's what I'm saying. Just some years, a Baker that year, a guy went one because somebody has to. And then other yeah. years, there are number one picks. Well, it turns out Trey's year, there are multiple guys you're like, if I drafted that guy one, you could argue, you know, I wouldn't take Patrick Sertan one. But if you had, you wouldn't be freaking out about it right now. You'd feel okay. Yeah. Right. That draft, they actually kind of picked one of the worst drafts to possibly pick at, at saying we're going to take for positional need and not best player available. Because best if best player available in 21 was your draft philosophy, I mean, you probably nailed your pick in the top 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it just it, – it, it gets back to this is the Bosa thing. Remember when the Cardinals drafted Kyler and Kime – I think went on record and was like, I didn't, you know, once we signed Cliff Kingsbury, he obviously had me really extensively watch him. It it was hard for me. And let's say what you want about Steve Kime had some bad drafts, but he went on record of like, we're not going to take Nick Bosa. Right. Like to him, Nick Bosa was a no brainer. Number one overall pick. I would imagine before he realized we had to pivot off Josh Rosen, but you feel pretty good about taking Nick Bosa. Number one. I would say non-quarterback. Nick Bosa is like a legit number one overall pick, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you take Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, like those type guys, number one overall, no one complains. It's why the dude you just listed, uh, the dude Balky took for Jacksonville, even if he becomes solid, I, I would bet $10,000 no one ever goes, oh, that's a great number one overall pick. Even if he's better than like the Solomon Thomases, like the likelihood that he's ever like Pro Bowl level, probably slim to none. Right. And then there are the Warren Sapp, Jalen Carters that tumble in a draft that's like, how'd you get that guy? Well, yeah. I mean, this guy easily could have been like a number two overall pick and been like, that's ah, a no brainer. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot tournament season or the fight for playoff home court there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year so get in on the excitement with prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app and you can get it on baseball too i've got some season long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs uh, not off not feeling great about shohei less than 38 and a half right now but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. 
ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tacovas. Dot com And they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. And it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots. Performance, pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you Sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough, and here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. So what we know about Nick Bosa is the only reason he didn't go number one in his draft with probably zero hesitation from any GM is there was a quarterback in the draft. No quarterback in a draft like 2022 and Nick Bosa's in it. 
do 32 out of 32 GMs pick Nick Bosa number one overall? Probably. So that's the level of talent that you got. We all acknowledge it. And I think fans in general, that's what makes football cool is like, once you prove that you got like people that know what they're doing, you just give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, it's why the the small contingent I call them the very loud vocal minority about the Trey Lance thing was such an embarrassment because it's just such a group of losers that were not just proven wrong. That I still see it pop up. It's like guys, fucking move on. Uh, Mike McCarthy has already. I'll promise you that. But I, I'm not going to keep kicking the kid when he was down. He's just not a very good player. But regardless, you just kind of lean, like, they'll figure it out, they'll figure it out, they'll figure it out. But there does come a point, and it's, we're at that, where people just start getting nervous. Like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? And I, I think that's where we're at. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, the question is, when do they, like, is it, are they already there? Are they at DEFCON 1, I think is the worst DEFCON? Um, are they at DEFCON 1 now? Or does that are they at DEFCON 2, and then Monday is DEFCON 1? You know? <laughs> I bet John Lynch did DEFCON. Well, like my, I think De- John Lynch did DEFCON 1 right now. He's less interested in the negotiation and more interested in get me my best player. I think any any he misses a game, a game, it's a disastrous situation. And you could argue if he, like, signs Friday and they only give, like, 10 snaps to, like, that's a borderline joke. Unless Why you win the game. The I mean, then you get line? lucky, but... Yeah. Yeah, unless you yeah, if you lose the game and this situation is spilled over to it, it's a it's a disaster. Well, especially if it's like you sign him for the contract he wanted two weeks ago and you were if you sign him three days before and it's like, God, they got him for one ten and he was asking for one thirty a week ago. It's like, all right, well the half, thirty snaps is worth twenty million bucks, fine. But one thing I hear is like, it's not my money, I don't care. Well that that's not as if you're saying that's not my money, I don't care. It's not a serious conversation about an actual negotiation it's not a then we're not having a real debate about how much they should pay him did you watch the hard knocks part maybe it was in episode two when woody johnson was standing there with sala and they were talking about quinn and williams paying him and how they paid the right guy and sala was like woody johnson looked at him like that was a lot of money you know they gave him 95 i think they guaranteed him nowhere near when he's got maybe 70 million bucks or something and sala was like I feel better about the person than I even do the player. The more you watch the hard knocks, you're like, God, Quentin Williams is a fucking stud. Love this guy. And he's just like their vocal leader. is their best player. But it's just, it, you just got to have these. I mean, the, I think the Jets are widely talked about. Like They have a chance to be right there with the Niners, one of the best events in the league, and rightfully so. And the main reason is like, it's not sauce, it's that guy. It's like, well, is their D-tackle going to have 15 sacks like Chris Jones or an Aaron Donald Then everyone around him eats? And the Niners don't really start with their interior, they start with Nick. But like, that guy's the heartbeat of your team. Like, they say this all the time, like, Justin Thomas is the heartbeat of the Ryder Cup. Draymond Green is the heartbeat of the fucking Warriors. And a lot of the stuff is true. It's like, not Keegan? The benefit of the doubt. Not Keegan. Uh, this is why I think Nick Bosa, from his play right is because like Fred Warner's up there but Fred Warner looks a lot better when the defensive line is kicking ass and taking names like part of Ray Lewis's greatness is like having a really good defensive line yeah part of the money you spent on Javon Hargrave is so he could play with Nick Bosa right Javon Hargrave becomes less valuable some people would argue he's more valuable if you lose Nick I disagree I think he's less valuable if you lose Nick well and, and I agree with this comment like when the Raiders traded Khalil Mack 
By the way, the comment for people for the podcasters is Robbie says we have a precedent that the Niners trade monster players. We can't present. We can't pretend it's a zero percent chance they were to trade them. Exactly. Like when the Raiders did it, it was a complete embarrassment. Under no circumstances do you trade Khalil Mack. It would not like trading Trey Lance. Everyone I know through text like yeah, scrub. Right. The the only people that like think it's weird are you going to find on the depths of the internet. Trading Nick Bosa would not be tolerated. It, it would not be okay. It, it would be, it would be legitimate time to start going. What the fuck just happened? Well, yeah. Is there a financial issue we don't know about? Yeah. Right. I, that's, I, I, that's the way the things kind of played out. With it turned out with Khalil, because there's a financial, an organizational financial problem. Yeah. You trade scrubs. You don't trade greatness. Put it on a T-shirt. Uh, Bruce says they might be asking for ninety million fully guaranteed. They probably are. When we talk about fully guaranteed, that's Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. We talk about practical guarantees. That's how John and I reached the number earlier in the week of one hundred thirty, one hundred forty million dollars. Right? Like Joey's. Just for reference, Joey's practical guarantees one hundred two. Miles Garrett's practical guarantees one hundred. His guarantee, Miles's guarantee, is forty three million. Well, full guarantee. Lombardi talked about this that Which some one? of Ky- some of Michael Lombardi that people don't talk enough about Kyler's is that his full guarantee is not skill and injury; it's separated. So right now, his guarantee, if he's not playing, he's on pup all season. They put him on IR. Their obligation for him changes if he were to come back, re get injured. It accelerates another like fifty million dollars. It's why quarterbacks often, right, their guarantees are so true, most of them, where if he's asking for that, you have to put $90 million immediately in that escrow account, right? It's like a couple years ago, I think it's several, Matt Ryan's contract from Arthur Blank and the Falcons was pretty crazy because they gave him truly 100 guaranteed. I remember a guy in the league was like, they just pumped 100, whatever the signing bonus was, 40, 50 million, but they the, the team cut the $100 million check and it disappeared. Right, so it's a lot of it's the Raiders are notoriously the opposite. Their true guarantees are always so low. Even when they gave Devontae Adams seventy million dollars, they only actually cut him a twenty million dollar check. Now he's going to get that, but they get it as the media money comes in. So it's like classic. Just most the overwhelming percentage of businesses in the world are going to want to operate like that. But the top players do have some leverage of like, no, which you could argue now is still is pretty archaic given how much money they're making. Right. Like you don't On need the player to put the money side? in escrow. Yeah. Oh. I, just, I think the escrow, I think the escrow money has been set. Well, no, it was written in the laws back in the seventies when the money actually wasn't there. Right. Or they wanted to make sure now any team in the NFL gives you a guaranteed money. There, there will never be a story of a team that owed the guy the money not being able to pay him. Like, those days are over, I guess is my point. Because like, the Raiders it, traded it, Khalil Mack. Yeah, but even if, they, if Khalil would have been cool with doing, like, the $90 million, but I only give you, like, a $10 million signing bonus or whatever and then pay you as the money comes in, like a normal contract, you get the same amount of money, which... That's not even allowed. That'd so. be a great story, though. Owner X is calling around, desperate to fund this escrow account before the strike of midnight. But when we were kids, 
and definitely anyone that's like if you and I have all read books and listen to podcasts and listen to Greg Papa talk about like the 60s, 70s, a lot of it used to be like, hey, I need a million in cash, right? I need cash considerations. And a lot of that was like to run their business. Like those days are long gone. Cash considerations. You're right. Nobody says cash considerations anymore. By the Remember way, Al Matt- Davis, when they traded John Gruden, got like five million in cash. <laughs> uh, Matt Ryan, who works for CBS, but has not retired yet because he needs the Colts to pay him his salary. How about that one? I don't know. Oh, sorry. I was reading a comment. Uh, Which comment? Yeah. Matt, yeah, I was just saying Matt Ryan hasn't retired yet, even though he works for CBS because he's going to make the Colts pay him his money. Hard to blame him. Yeah. He signed the contract. Um, 100%. Bryant says, I'm not sure what the argument for not giving Bosa a massive amount of money is. Miles Garrett got 100, and he's not anywhere close to Nick. We need to put trade scrubs, not greatness on a T-shirt. Trade scrubs, not greatness. <laughs> I like that. And then and then do a line, John Lynch. Prob- John Lynch, probably. <laughs> or the, the Michael Scott one where it says, like, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take or something like that but it's attributed to somebody else but then he put his name on it as well <laughs> or whatever maybe that wasn't the, that wasn't the quote people have amended it onto the internet but you know it's like a famous quote it's like gandhi and then he writes michael scott uh did you see they um they gave trey lance will greer's number 15 will greer got claimed by the Bengals. oh he i was gonna just check will so mike mccarthy wanted him back which i wondered would jerry even like was that even an option Probably not, right? Like, if, if I'm Jerry Jones and I just did this, I would probably tell Mike, like, we got our three quarterbacks. I, I think Mike, I guess my point, was going to get overruled on this one. Um, Because if you're yeah, Jerry, I mean, we know you he just doesn't traded have total control this. on the roster, right? Because they just traded for a guy without telling Mike. Yeah, my point is, though, if you're going to do this, you already are acknowledged, and Jerry even did. This guy's not playing. He's not even going to be your number two. The only semblance of him ever getting some work at practice would be you couldn't have four guys because Mike would always give it to the guy that he clearly likes. Called it the greatest preseason game he's seen since 1999. Honestly, I mean, just the numbers alone, it was like 29 to 34, three touchdowns. He ran for 60 yards. It's an incredible performance. Like Aiden O'Connell level. Somehow, both Jimmy and Trey got out of horribly dysfunctional situations, ended up with Jerry Jones and Mark Davis. Uh, I uh, I think Trey downgraded situations. But Jimmy, on the other hand, feels... I saw Trey talk to the media yesterday and was like how he lit up and whatever he wanted to be Trey. I get he wanted out. I don't blame him. Like, the head coach doesn't like him. Clearly, the 49ers players don't think he's any good. Most of us on the outside think he stinks. Uh, I, I would get him wanting a new start. Like, a lot of athletes totally. have, been in, have been in that position want a new start. But, like, okay, you smile because of the Cowboys, but, like, your situation is the exact same. And, honestly, it's worse. I, I would say it's worse from the sense of you and I have talked about this with one, their quarterback is dramatically more established, and he makes a ton of money. His leash is unlimited. And the number two guy has proven to the head coach, like, hey, I can go into a game where I'm in must-win every week. 
I can win a game with this guy at my quarterback and knows my offense. So there is zero chance without an injury for him to pass the number two guy in practice, right? It's impossible. Do you agree with that? Because of Cooper Rush. Especially because their coach, their owner forced a player on their coach, but their coach on game day knows if he doesn't win games this year, he's getting fired. So when the games start, I don't think he's incentivized to do anything other than play the player that he thinks is his best player, right? It's he's why losing whole, his job if he doesn't win enough games this year. It's it's why it was very disingenuous that they were working together. No, they were going to trade him to whoever offered him the most, whether he was a seventh string quarterback or the starting quarterback. They, they they did not give a shit, and they got a person whose situation was honestly, if the head coach had had his druthers, they would have kept four fucking quarterbacks. <laughs> that tells you everything they you need to know. And I'm not saying that Mike won't end up liking this guy as a person or whatever. But as you see, there's a big difference. Part of what makes football coaches gravitate toward humans is like liking their play too, right? That's the business they're in. It's like, yeah, I, I like guys that can play and they're good people, right? I mean, Andy doesn't just like Mahomes because he smiles a lot, right? Travis Kelsey or any of these guys. Most of all these players historically that he's close with from his Eagles days, like loves Deuce Staley. I wonder why. Dude, was pretty good for him for a couple of years. Right? I mean, you, you develop a relationship that way. Like, who does who's Kyle really like? Like, Debo, Trent? It's not like he... Fred? <laughs> he doesn't like fucking uh, random players. He likes the sweet dudes, who are also good guys. That's what all these players like. And I, I just... I don't know, man. I, I think the Niners, given the situation, obviously, big picture, disaster. Right? Get, when you factor in what you trade for to acquire and then what you trade for to get rid of. But given the current situation and the information you had, massive win. I, I still can't believe they got a, every time I think like they got a fourth round pick for a guy that the entire league was like, God, awful pick. I mean, internally making every team kind of laughs at the 49ers for doing that. Right. Yeah. And rightfully so. Like it was, it was a, it was an embarrassing process, embarrassing trade, and getting a guy that, if if any team had a good player, right, and they just put open for the open market, that's not a running back at quarterback, teams would be lined up. Teams would be lined up. A couple years ago, Gardner, you know, just random players that are like backups have markets pretty easily. The market. This guy was drafted. Th- third fucking 24 months ago and people are like hey, i'll give you a six maybe and he didn't play that much so you know what everybody else says which is oh we haven't seen him play we don't know he might still have it that's not what the market thought right if the market oh. thought oh fuck kyle, kyle has done such a bad job we could all do a better job developing him than kyle shanahan did Nobody acted that way, except Jerry, who's not the coach. You know, Will Greer's been on the Cowboys for two wow. years. Will Greer's not a quarterback they just signed three weeks ago. And so they liked older him. too. Yeah, I just mean like time. they liked him. And he'd been he'd been their teammate for two years. So I, I don't know if you saw, I think it's I guess we'll see as it plays out the next few days, maybe a little clearer, but I think thirteen teams was the number that kept three quarterbacks on their fifty three. Niners being one of them, obviously, or it looks like. You pa- Dallas Patri- Patriots not count. Patriots have one quarterback on their roster. No, as of this. I know, I know. I know. <clears throat> they did resign both of them. 
Yeah, I mean, so, they, but so they were you, happy that they were okay to lose them. But if you could keep three quarterbacks, but you know that you only got to pay two of them practice squad salaries, could you say it's a genius move by Bill? Because like, yeah. why would I keep him on the active roster when Absolutely. I can give him Hey, Robert, I'm saving you. I'm saving you fifty grand a week. John, I actually think for the Niners, like, I, I think for a lot of teams, it's kind of crazy to keep three quarterbacks on your fifty-three unless you really like the third guy. But generally, the third guy is pretty replaceable with somebody else's third guy. And the 49ers are just in the position where, you know, it's it'd be kind of malpractice for them, given what just happened last year. If they ended up in that same situation and then didn't have a guy they liked, we'd all kill them. Like, guys, if anybody should be doing this, it's you. But it's I, I, it's a little crazy, I think, to take up a 53-man spot. Crazy is not the right word. But I, I don't think the league – like, these guys don't want to be doing this forever, using a 53-man roster spot on a third quarterback. But this is what I said. You're not just going to do it. Like, 32 teams, we're not going to do it because there's not however many quarterbacks. What would that be, 96? There aren't 96 active yeah. roster quarterbacks. Worthy. Yeah. This gets back to what Mike Silver wrote a month ago. That, like, guys, get ready. They'll cut him, trade him. He's not going to be on the team. And Brandon Allen will be the third quarterback. And Sam's going to be the backup. And the internet freaked. And at the time, it was... He was way ahead of the curve, and anytime you're ahead of the curve, you're going to make people uncomfortable. It was a legit conversation. I mean, we had the conversation, like, you're not going to cut him. But we also said, listen to what Mike Silver's saying. But he was 100% right. So Yeah, but John, he said Mac Jones was going to be the pick. I don't know if we can believe anything he ever says. Do you think people, even once Trey was gone, are surprised that Brandon Allen's on the team? Because obviously, like, did you, once that trade happened, 53. Were you just were you 100% yes. like this guy's on the team? Yes. So, that would have been is, something. If they were like, yeah, he's not on the team either. Neither one. Brandon Allen, is that his name? Yeah. I'm getting my names. Yeah, Brandon Allen. I mean, he was a two-year backup for a team that went to a Super Bowl and went to the AFC Championship. Like that was just his job. I mean, Brandon Allen's got to look at it like hell. I could be the Niners. Sam Darnold's a free agent after this year. If Brock plays 17 games, Sam Darnold's going somewhere else. I could just be the backup here for – if Brock Purdy's a franchise quarterback for 10 years, maybe I can be the starting quarterback halfway through this season. So he's in a great situation. I understand why he's here, and I understand well, why they like him. I'm just saying, if they weren't scarred, would they be a team that has three guys on their 53 when they've got kind of a thin D line, they've got an offensive line that doesn't have a lot of depth, you know, they, they are they are not – and they've lost – John, we've seen it today. They've lost multiple players that they were hoping to get to the practice squad. Ilm Manning, who had a really good camp. I mean, one of their better, like, second group of offensive linemen claimed by the Cardinals. Marcelino McCrary-Ball, linebacker, who's good. Guess who claimed him? The Jets. Deshaun Jamison, the undrafted free agent out of Texas that's, like, in the mix to be one of their returners and played pretty well as a corner – he got claimed today by who claimed him? Cardinals, I think. Or Carolina. Carolina, oh, Carolina claimed Jamison. Yeah. Cardinals claimed another one of the Niners offensive linemen. Fine. But like they they are keeping the third quarterback at an expense to a group to some players they liked. Well, clearly, you would say if they had if Brandon Allen had not made the team, I would say one of the group of the like they have a pretty good idea who their high end guys that have a chance to get claimed, right? It would have been one of those. Was that four guys? I read three. I just listed you four. Just... There are two two offensive linemen. I think somebody in the chat just said McCrary Ball. So let me double check that. 
Yeah, I, I didn't see him, but definitely the dude the Panthers claimed. But my point on this is, anytime you cut a player, whether you think like, oh, no chance anyone's claiming him, or God, he's probably not coming back, you are acknowledging he might not be on your team anymore. Like you yeah. are willing Ball to sign with goodbye. the Jets practice squad. So he passed through waivers. He just went there over the 49ers. Which, which that happens, right? And especially when there's coaching chemistry, right? You, you, if you would have told me he signed with the Cardinals or some random team, like that's pretty risky. You know the 49ers. He went to Sala. Who knows him? So I, that's not ideal. I mean, you did lose a guy that, assuming the 49ers wanted him back. And I can't guarantee that. And the other thing you can do with practice squad guys is like the Jets technically could go, we'll pay you a active roster salary. So for him, it would be like seven hundred fifty grand instead of the two hundred grand. So we'll just pay you the salary worthy, like you're the fifty fourth guy on this team, which essentially tells him I'm an injury away. Like these guys aren't right. bullshitting with me, right? Which is so, what, like Quantrez Knight. I think there was some feeling that's what happened with him. But the Forty ers can also match that, <laughs> and that's what that. But I would say historically, it's like, is it really worth it to do that? It, it's it's a fine line. But all three guys that were waived. They got claimed. I think it's fair to say one of those three guys, I'm going to give the Niners the benefit of the doubt, would have been the 53rd guy if Brandon Allen had been relieved of yeah. the duties. But, There's a real cost to it. But, but guy, they, 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 yeah. they kept three quarterbacks last year. You know, they've yeah. proven. I, I have no problem with keeping three quarterbacks. I, I, I really don't. Because you just never know when you're in a pinch, and clearly they feel good about this guy, doesn't need reps. The equivalent of that. Now, if we got the hoodie on the the phone, he'd be like, well, I got a guy I drafted a couple years ago in the fourth round, Bailey Zappi, that's on my practice squad. Like, couldn't you just keep a guy on your practice squad? And if it's not and Brandon they, Allen, it's somebody else like Brandon Allen. Well, exactly. And Kyle goes, well, he fucking knows my offense. Okay. So who, who, I get who do I have that knows my offense? Because we've seen the names back when Jimmy... Remember, I guess it would have been Trey's rookie year, and it was Jimmy and Trey, and it was like all these randoms. It's like, ah, say this for this guy. Like, I'm not trying to act like he's anything, but he was the backup quarterback for the second or first best team, depending on what year you look at the last two years in the AFC, when toe-to-toe with Mahomes. Like, they felt good enough with him backing up Joe Burrow. That's not nothing to me. Like, he's a real NFL player. Uh, honestly, yeah, I mean, I, it, it could have just been. Uh, hold on, it could have been the Tom Moore theory, though. There, we don't practice. Fuck, if Joe Burrow goes down, we're screwed. But even then, you still have a backup quarterback. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, maybe they just had the cheapest guy, not actually the best guy, in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't cost like three million bucks. I mean, he's made two years ago. He was made one five last year. He made one two. But he's on the cheap end of backups. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you have something on that? Cause I want to get to, there's, you know, we've talked, so we, we got to talk about something with Brock Purdy that is happening right now. Our buddy, John Dickinson sent me a text. He's like, check out what Kyle Shanahan just said. Um, the 49ers want to limit Purdy to 700 throws a week this week. They have that to 350 throws. So he's feeling strong and ready to go for week one. Mayoko goes on to write, uh, meaning Shanahan didn't want, didn't seem entirely certain about the exact number of throws that was part of a plan devised a couple months ago. So he said, like, don't quote me on this, but the plan is 700 throws a week, but this week it's 350 so that he's ready to roll for week one. 
Is that at all concerning that they are, as Dickinson said, deloading their starting quarterback? Different than... Uh, well, when you have a arm injury in baseball, you do something like that, correct? The When you come back from your injury, you don't just start you throwing nine innings. Yeah, I mean, then at some point you just, you're back. And I think we thought that Brock Purdy was nine innings back, like ready to throw however much he needs to throw, right? Yeah, to me, if they're willing to put him in a game, he's back. Because you can't limit his throws in the game, right? The throws the throw. Yeah, I guess the, the question situation. is, are they doing this because this is just the plan we came up with three months ago and we're sticking to it, or which is what Kyle said, or is there something more to it? Is he dealing with any level of arm fatigue? I would say I never believe anything these coaches say, especially these guys. They claim they love a quarterback that they traded immediately once they went with Sam Darnold. So, I mean, I, I don't I, – the words mean nothing to me when it comes to coaches. And I'm not just picking on them for that. I just – that would speak for any coaching staff. If he's – if they feel comfortable, like, I, I have to wait to see a game. Because you've been to practice, his arm, he's just – I thought, like, normally. yeah, my buddy texted me yesterday or two days ago or called me. He was like, is, is he 100%? I'm like, yeah, looks great to me. Like, in terms of when he throws, he looks fully healthy. Yeah, I – I do think there's something just big picture to this. This is crazy, but they look at this guy like he's going to be their starter for a while. So it's not even just short-term, right? You don't want him to re-injure it or have issues uh, this season. And two, just big picture, you don't want him to rip anything and have to go back under the under the knife. So until I see something on the field, obviously we haven't remotely got close. He's played, what, two series? Uh, he sure looked good in the one series he played when he fucking ripped that ball against Denver, right? Like a kind of across his body, rolling to the left. But I'll say this, these, these 49er stories all of a sudden can pop up out of nowhere. And you're like, damn, they're going to lie to you. Like Kyle's going to lie to you. And that's just, I don't blame him. Right. Or just not tell you the whole truth. But until we see something, I don't see why it really matters. Like in baseball, you see it like, oh, they yank him at the fourth. Are they going to do that in football? No, but I think just listen to what you just said. Kyle's going to lie to you. So until you tell me that Brock does what starting quarterbacks do in practice, then we have to be at least on alert for the possibility that it's not what you say it is. What you say it is, is not you, him, Kyle Shanahan says. It's just part of the plan the whole time, and that's just what we're rolling with because here we have a guy who's very important to us, who came back right on schedule but like ahead of schedule, and so – there's no reason for us to deviate from what our plan was. Now, I personally don't think Kyle hates getting Sam Darnold a bunch of throws. I think he kind of likes getting Darnold a bunch of throws in practice. But wouldn't his arm, wouldn't his arm fatigue would have happened when you were going to the practice? Because he was playing a lot. You would think, but remember what Kyle's – Kyle never said this part of the plan at the beginning of training camp. All he said was after two weeks of two days on and one day off, or maybe it was one week of two days on and one day off, then he's going to be full go. He didn't say, and then when the season almost starts, then we're going to dial him down to half the throws a week and a half out. He didn't say did that. They say, Maybe did they stay true to that philosophy? Like, did he stay full go once he said he was full go? Uh, the days that he was supposed to practice, he practiced. Yes. And uh, you're not obligated to share the whole plan. Maybe the whole plan evolves. Football coach, I just think about today, I don't need to know what his throwing schedule is in three weeks. But because he didn't say in advance, this is part of the plan. 
I'm not opposed to seeing Sam Darnold. If you tell me Sam Darnold <laughs> starting week one, I'm excited. So I, I mean, I, it, yeah, I mean, I'd be intrigued. You're preaching the choir. Here. I, I'm I don't know if that's what's like, best for them, but I'm intrigued. Now, part of it is they can look at it and go, you know what? Maybe this is part of it. If I were going to say, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, which is not what I'm saying. But part of it could be, you know what? We have this plan. We've seen him play in games. He look, he doesn't need more reps. He's good to go. So let's stick to that plan. As opposed to his arm feels good. He has looked out of sync in games. He needs these reps. And so we're going to push it a little bit. I don't know, but... So With tomorrow. the Niners, I don't think you just go, ah, sh-. like as you said, it's fine. Whatever they told us, it's all good. It's fine. So you think that's the reason they kept Brandon Allen? They're keeping Brandon Allen no matter what. Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought of that, but maybe that's part of it too. That's a good theory. Is Brandon Allen here because I think Brandon Allen's here because Kyle likes Brandon Allen. Yes. We don't get rid of players we like. Kyle said that or something along those lines. So he didn't like the guy you just traded? I, that, you know, I realized it becomes a Trey thing, so I want to make sure we get that quote right. But um, Jimmy, oh, I the, really the quick, I'll, I'll put this in a bow on yeah. <laughs> Jimmy always does the most random interviews. Well, I saw that too. I'm like, why is he? Who assigned? Who? Why? <laughs> you know, it's just it's classic Jimmy G. Is that he'll never say this, and he'll never really have to, but. His actions told me everything I need to know. If he had to play one game, he feels like he could build the game plan better with Brandon Allen to win that game than he does Trey Lance. Um, our guy, uh, what's the website? I always, I'm getting it confused right now. TD Long 90? No. Hold on. Go know. Long. Go Long. Go Long. Right? Is it just Go Long or is it Go Long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just go long. Go long. Is it go long.com? Dot AG, right? Dot org. I don't know. Don't fuck them. You know, he's an independent guy trying to. I know. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. <laughs> go long TD.com. That's go long TD. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Tyler, Tyler Dunn. Dunn. He wrote today, like, basically, uh, Jerry and Kyle both have an ego flaw that's going to keep them from winning a championship. What's Jerry's? I, I think just Jerry. <laughs> All the stuff that he does, meddling with a roster, and Kyle's inability to find a quarterback is his, and develop a quarterback is his. Like he can't, he he. Part of the reason he can't do it is it's something with him. Like you got to play my way. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have a problem with this one. I mean, I, I think part of it's on the player. Back to the Strauss article, I I, I just I have a hard time thinking that. Andy Reid's turning this guy into a player. You know, if I thought that, I would be much more critical of this decision. Some guys got it, some guys don't. Someone put a clip on Instagram last year of the play where Purdy, I don't know if it was a, I think it might have been the playoff game. Yeah, it would have had to have been the playoff game because it wasn't on Thursday Night Football. Purdy, it's like a play action, rolls left, nothing there, dude's chasing him, rolls all the way back across the field. Guy almost sacks him, he does a juke move throws this seed like 30 yards. Ayuk drops it, but it was just like, if Patrick Mahomes had made that play, it's all anyone would have talked about. It's like, yeah, I mean, this dude, I, I'm not saying this guy's going to go on to be some 10-year all-pro. He's even going to be the 49ers franchise quarterback. 
But this fucking sports. I mean, you could watch in two games. You're like, this guy's bringing way more to the table than the other guy. Like, it wasn't even debatable. So this gets back to Kyle's flaw. Like, to me, his flaw was the process in the draft and what they were shooting for. They drafted a guy that's no one else. I mean, he's a, th- he's a third-string quarterback on another team. So it's not like some other teams like, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> right? So it's not like someone else jolted him up the top. It's not like all these teams around the league, 10 of them easily have scrub quarterbacks came b- banging down the door. Like, give me a break. Like, I get that notion because of the totality of it. But for five years, he had Jimmy Garoppolo. He traded for him. What was he supposed to do? Kick him to the curb? He tried, and he missed. They got the wrong player. They got the wrong player who they bet on the projection, and it failed. It's okay. Like, that's that's the draft. It's not okay the way they went about it, but, like, even if they would have gone about it correctly, they still might have drafted the wrong player. I don't understand why people can't wrap their heads around that the guy's probably not very good. The guy's probably not very good. Most people agree with that. It's a tiny segment that are still like, I think those guys should no longer be allowed to be 49er fans. You should have to root for the Cowboys now. But, like, it's okay. Like, this is the NFL. It's really hard. Most guys, I was thinking about this the other day. What percent chance that Trey Lance is ever as good as Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, I'd put it at five. Is that too high? What, would you, uh, what, what was your thought? Five felt high. Yeah, I mean, I'd go five or under. That's what we're talking about here. And Jimmy has probably just been cemented right around the middle tier, right? He's fl- he had his moments where he could be like, oh, damn, Jimmy had a game. But for the most part, he, was just, he just floated between that 14 to 18 space, right? He's clearly better than most, but in a different, the other guys, talent-wise, like he's not them. He's not even like, we all acknowledge Dak and Kirk Cousins are much better in a vacuum. Obviously, Dak hasn't won like Jimmy, but Dak in a vacuum is a better player than Jimmy. Same with Kirk Cousins. That's why I thought it was laughable. I mean, it, it was honestly pretty embarrassing. And I get why the shows have to do it and the people have to write it. Like, is Dak nervous? Is Dak nervous? Are, what a fucking embarrassing comment for the entire Prescott family. Dak Prescott's, the chances that Trey Lance can ever get to the point where he can consistently have Dak's, like, down games, he's t- he's a two years away from that. Best case. I mean, what are we talking about? I'll counter that with this, because you're right. Just based on contract, Dak isn't nor- nervous. Then you add to it all that Dak has accomplished versus how little Trey has accomplished. I think that conversation is more like, is Jerry trying to play some stupid game with his starting quarterback who was without question his franchise quarterback. A good I'm, relationship with a quarterback. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking no, about No, I understand. Player, I'm just though. saying I do think that's part of what that, like, that's that's what's really actually happening. And I think people spin it into, like, is yeah, if give him a competition any day of the week. He's winning that competition. Right. But I think well, it's more it, about, like, why are you fucking with me? Because that's what I think well, there you're would, doing here. There, there would never be a competition. Right, because yeah, yeah. he he never could have beat out Jimmy if they would have had a normal competition. And Dak's way better, and he can't beat out Dak. Now, if you if I, if we want to talk your angles and variables, Dak's contract next year, right? The reason they've talked extensively over the last six eight months about Dak extension, his cap hit next year is fifty nine million. So clearly, like the rubber's going to meet the road, 
right? You got to extend to move that number way to Dak Prescott's cap hit can't be $59 million next year. Just like no one in the leagues can be that high. If your cap hits 59 million, we either cut you or extend you or do something. So yeah, there, there might be, what if this move is just simply like to just try to emphasize, Hey guys, can you guys just sign our three year, $45 million extension? At 100 guaranteed or, or whatever, you know, Jerry's trying to get him to sign. Can we stop hassling over this? You know I love you. Can we just do this? And does that add a little oomph? I'd argue no. <laughs> that's that's what's... Well, if you're... Now, if if you're you, you could convince go, me that that move did. You know, that's why Jerry did it. Maybe. I mean, a fourth-round pick is a lot to pay for that. And in the end, if Dak just waits long enough, the situation will take care of itself. Because you'd be like... I mean, if you really played out all the way, you go, Fine. Give him a shot. Let's see what he's got. But but right. but this is the dip. Like, let's just say they do the same thing this year. Same exact scenario. Dak throws some picks. Also looks sweet. They win 12 games. They win a playoff game. They lose in the second round again. They're they replace the coach. Very, they're in a very similar situation. Like, like Jimmy, the thing is, like, they're not going to replace Dak. Like, there is no replacing Dak in that scenario. Like, the and the 49ers, when they quote-unquote replaced Jimmy, they actually didn't. They just kind of kept him for another year. Like, you, like Dak is going nowhere unless somehow they could. I mean, to me, it would take like some crazy trade for a Kyler or like they're swinging for something like that. But it's not they're, they're probably stuck with him. Right. And that's yeah, that's which, the which worst is, place to be is in the Jimmy Cousins. Well, but kind of I do think that. they, unlike Jimmy, can upgrade at coach if they change coaches. And if they fire Mike McCarthy, Dak, I would put Dak in the column of reasons to take the job, not reasons not to take the job. You agree with that? Cowboys job is open. You make a list. Reasons to take the job, reasons not to. I think you got to put Dak on the reasons to take the job, especially if you're a legit offensive coach. You go, yeah, this is more than enough for me as a great coach. Somebody argued with me yesterday. They're like, how could you say Kyle is better than McCarthy? My answer was, I bet Jerry would trade him straight up. You like he's Kyle's going way ahead. Kyle McCarthy's going 20th in a coach draft. If all 32 teams, he might not even go 20th. If you open up to college coaches too. It's not even close. So, like, if you gave, I think you're Cos- under. He he's one like uh, back-to-back playoffs division. He's a little better. Okay. Than I think you talk about him. Uh, maybe, fine. But I think Dak. If you give Dak to Kyle Shanahan, that's good enough to win a championship. I don't think it's good enough to win a championship with Mike McCarthy. He's grown on me in the sense that everyone hates him so much. He's better than the way he's talked about McCarthy. Yeah, I, I just think. You know, he's 11 playoff wins. He's he's way over. And I know Aaron Rodgers, he's had good quarterbacks. But we've seen a lot of village idiots in decent spots just be a joke. Like, I, is he a top 10 coach? No. But I, I think most of us, and I'm guilty of this too, you're a hater for sure. He's lumped in more like with the village idiots. And I, I just think he's higher level than that. Do you think Dak is a plus or a negative if, you're, if that job is open? Uh definitely not a negative yeah you could do way worse and i think you could reach higher heights with a better offensive coach and they're trying to because they fired the coordinator and now he's taking over so yeah i mean it's it's, we'll see they're one of the biggest like true like nerdy football stories in the league like what does their offense look like right like true football no no drama or anything like what does the cowboys offense look like with mike calling the plays He's been in this situation a couple times. He did this in Green Bay once. He gave up his play calling, then he took it back. 
these are the type stories that the NFL, like they got the drama, like the Bosa holdouts and the Trey and Kyle hate each other, whatever. And then they also have like the drama of like, who's calling the defense, right? Like the, the football, like who's the offensive play caller, right? Like they have every element of that. That's like what basketball and baseball just don't have in the bag. Like they're running an elevator screen. Like no one even knows what that means. And most people play basketball at one point in time. That's in one life. of the easier things to even understand, right? Like that. No, one, I know. Elevator screen actually looks like, kind of cool. It's like look at those two guys. Yeah, you, but you know what I mean. I do. I do. And, I do. and I'm not saying anyone knows anything about football either. But you just, we just talk constantly about play callers, right? Who's yeah. calling the plays? And it works. Everyone kind of gives play a reach around. If and, it doesn't. Everybody is two things, an offensive coordinator and a general manager. That's what most fans, that's how we talk about the game. And I think it's awesome for the sport. It's fun, right? Yeah, no one claims to know anything about, like, coverages or anything. They just know, like, I want that guy's my defensive coordinator, <laughs> right? No one's ever like, God, I wish, I, I wish we'd run a little more too deep, keep the rover. Like, everyone just like, I just, just get us Fangio, right? Just, just, get us, uh, just, just get us Belichick, you know, get us whoever. Right, but you don't actually know offense. Like I hate our scheme, we're too soft, run too much to the edges. I wish we go and shotgun more. Like people have like legitimate thoughts as the season goes, college or pro. Like offense, mm-hmm. what it looks like. Defense, you just save the coach. You're like this coach isn't good enough. We got to upgrade it. You don't actually know what he's doing right or wrong. You just know how it's supposed to look. Clearly, he's not a physical enough coach. The mindset's off. We don't ta- we tackle shitty. It's like well, yeah. You understand in modern day football, college and pro, they don't tackle in practice. So if you're tackling shitty, like your players just aren't that good, right? It's not like they're not doing the tackling drills yet. No one tackles anymore. So it's not like they're doing live tackling drills Monday through Friday. So your guys can either tackle, you know, it helps when you got Luke Keekley or Fred Warner, like your linebacker probably stinks. It's actually might be your GM's fault, not even your defensive coordinator. What's he supposed to do? Go out there and make the tackle himself? Look at Kyle Whittingham. Fucking barely move. Hey, uh, by the way, yeah, look, look at what at, happens. Uh, quarterback. Any look, look, any update on that one? Report is that Rising's not going to play Thursday against Florida for Utah. When did he tear his ACL? Rose Bowl. Oh, that's not that far away. You know, that's, we go sure to Baylor next the season. What kind of schedule is Utah dealing with here? <laughs> Because I, 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 look, I looked at the schedule. It really is embarrassing, a lot of these teams. Like, honestly, it's a fucking joke. And I understand Georgia played Oregon last year. Their non-conference this year is like Haberman, Middlecoff, and the the Catholic School of Arizona. It's like, come on, guys. I, I understand. No one even argues that you're not the most talented team. you do time defending champs. You could play like you're going to be favored and regardless who you play, but... If I was a fan there, come on, guys, we have to do better. Well, John, this is the argument, as much as I love the tradition of college football and the regionalization, all that. This is the argument for we need a 40-team top-tier college football, and it's the argument for an expanded playoff. The small playoff has led to teams trying to go undefeated, which screws the fans, and this is why the networks have gotten involved, right, to the degree they have, because they're like, we just – I can't have UCLA Coastal – we can't have, uh, you know, uh, USC San Jose State or USC Nevada or Washington. We we just we we can't we can't do it. And that's you know in theory, Oregon that's Oregon, Oregon Portland State. Yeah, Oregon I Portland mean, State's a great example. UW Boise, we can live with that. 
I got. But, no, I'm not. I have no I issue with that game. I know you're not. But Utah plays Weber State week three. Of course they do. They play Florida and Baylor weeks <laughs> one and two. So no one. I, I would make the same schedule. But it's like, God, uh, you know, when you're paying a hundred bucks to park for the Weber State game, you're like, what the fuck are we doing here? The, the one thing. Uh, Rasillo had this college football guy on and he was talking about all the different dynamics of this. He said, Bob Stoops, because part of this is like, Hey, Oklahoma. I know last year was a joke, but for the last 30 years, like the days of just 11 wins lock, like those days are over. They're going to be a lot more third and fourth place finishes than dominating your league. Get ready for it. You could have a good team and go nine and three, but Bob Stoops told him one thing that is really as prices have gotten higher and everything, we need better home games. 100%. And the one thing the SEC immediately gives us is like, we're getting Alabama, LSU, because he's like, our best game of the year, every year, regardless who we play in the non-conference, is always Texas, and that's always a neutral site. So now, at minimum, even if you get Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and not we're on the road against Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, those are incredible. Th- those are better than Kansas and Kansas State. This is why, Kansas, right? even though it was clearly bad for the playoff, the Pac-12 could never go back from the number of they always played more uh, conference games than the SEC did, right? Some teams would play uh, whatever, whatever the what's the number nine, and some the SEC always play the, the SEC played eight, and the Pac-12 played nine, and right? the Big Ten, yeah. And the reason they couldn't go back is because you you cost yourself money. The home date is so valuable. When you sell that sucker, even Alabama does not sell out the when they play Mercer. Like even people, even Alabama fans don't show up for that game. Um, and it's only going to become I, more important. I think that's who they play this week. Yeah, they, like, they play the, the game all the time. Doing? It's it's bad for business. So that's why they you expand the playoff. You 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 make it so that you don't have to go undefeated, and all of a sudden you can play more games that matter. College basketball has kind of switched to that model, where they stopped punishing teams for losing road games and teams started scheduling better road games. Like and it's in, been easier for schools like Gonzaga. Cause back in the day, no one would play them. Now they can play all these teams, right? Yeah. So you flip on the TV in November and December, Gonzaga's playing Kansas, yeah. Kentucky, whoever it doesn't hurt you to lose that. You get rewarded for that. But in college football, you haven't been rewarded for that because you guys, it's basically like, Hey, if you don't go undefeated or have one loss, you can't make it. So yeah, it's I, like from that standpoint, it's better for the networks. And it's, that means it is better for the fans. Ultimately, like, the general fan, because it's going to be more good games and less shitty games. Now, if you're a fan of a mid-major or an FCS, like those games are really valuable to you. You go play that game, you get paid. You know, but. I, 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 I still think like the Fresno States and the Boise States, if that's your shittiest game, like that's still a pretty good game. That's, yeah, that's still good. I don't, I don't know if they'll still play that game because ultimately, yeah, that's still pretty good. But Fox and be like, eh, how about you just play? 12 games against your own league. Yeah, if that ever gets be mandated, better. they're screwed. If, they, they, if if they're allowed to get one, then basically Fresno State and Boise State's non-conference is essentially like USC, UCLA, Michigan State, right? They just, all their games are against that. Which yeah, is Oregon. They just play the Did that 20 game. years ago, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we love the way, one three all the time, but. All right, you want to do Jimmy real quick or just, let's do it real quick. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Jimmy Garoppolo on um, SI. What did you make of the, the trade Lance trade to Dallas? Weird situation. Been a lot of weird situations over there in San Francisco. Just to leave it at that. But, uh, you know, I'm happy Trey got another shot, man. How do you think San Francisco's handled those, those quarterback situations? How do you think they've handled them? 
I think it's been messy. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice way to put it. The editing, by the way, fantastic on that video. How do you handle the quarterback situations? Just you're talking about him. What the fuck are you saying? Like handle the quarterback situations. I mean, how do they think they handled your situations? Essentially, what he's asking. I, which I, I mean, it was funny the way he did it, but what are we talking about? It's been weird, man. It's been weird. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I love this. Like Jimmy ripped Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers. Yeah, clickbait, baby. Well, I'm here for I, I, it. Was clever. Uh, Stephen A. weighed in, John. Boy, he did. He did. Huh? I mean, essentially, right? I mean, that's. Oh, I mean, yeah. Jimmy's he's not going to talk shit. <clears throat> he's saying that. Let me translate for Jimmy. Kyle's a fucking nut job, and last year was batshit crazy. <laughs> right? I mean, what? La- but last year was batshit crazy. You you saw it. I saw it. We all witnessed it. It was nuts. Now, Jimmy, like, let's not act like everyone was beating down the door for you. Like, you resigned with them for a reason. You know, it's a, it's a two-way street. If, if you would have had $20 million offers of people willing to trade for you, you would have been gone. So let's not act like you're just like Aaron Rodgers out there floating in the wind. I guess the question for Jimmy would be, and like, I, I don't mean sarcastic. I mean, I, I think he has every right to say what he said. I'm not of the mind that like they paid him. He should be happy. They paid him and shut up and take his money. But I would be curious from somebody in the building, specifically Jimmy, how should they have handled it? Not draft Trey. Cause that would have been his preference. How dare you draft Trey? Right, not Trey. Just how dare you bring a quarterback in here? It had nothing to do with Trey himself. Like, what would I don't even I don't even think it was that. Did you just let me go? Like, Jimmy, you didn't tell him you were getting surgery. You delayed the surgery. No, but if you go back two years ago, which the reason they drafted him because Jimmy was injured all the time. They drafted a guy, and they pulled your classic NFL move that you can't do in the NBA of like, well, you're not going anywhere. You're going to be our starting quarterback. You're just going to deal with this. You're going to. You know, we know you're a pretty good guy, so you're not going to treat this guy like shit. But it's clearly a very awkward situation. It was just very, very NFL, very I, old school NFL. Yeah, my question: Most, what should they have done with Jimmy differently? Let him go. I'm talking two. I'm talking two years ago. No, I'm saying the team did yeah, one hundred years ago. But what he, have done? if you put yourself in his shoes, he's not wrong. It was weird. You guys oh, use. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree, but I'm just saying it was And wasn't... then you use me for a guy who clearly you don't even think is any good. I love you that now he's me like, out. he's like, ah, happy for Trey, man. Hope it works out for him. <laughs> Have you guys texted him in the last two years? Give me a break. Uh, Stephen A. weighed in on it, John. Mad. He's with porn stars on Melrose. On Melrose. Oh, that happened okay, one time. In California. Okay, I'm saying that, 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 that you know of. I happen to oh, know a little bit oh. more than that. You know, that's why I call him porn star Jimmy. Oh. And, and, then, and then when you got that good, then when you don't have that going on, okay? My favorite is my favorite's the end. And when you got that good, then when you don't have that going on, and then when you got that good, then when you don't have that going on. So he, he's acting like the porn stars aren't as into him anymore? No, he's saying it's what she said. It was one time with the porn star, and he says, "Oh no!" From what I hear, it's more than one time. And they're all like, "Wait, are you allowed to say that?" <laughs> and then even he realizes, "I'm probably not at liberty to say that." And then he just goes, "I don't know." Yeah, you just you, you can't get out of it when you're stuck. You know, you're stuck in the dead end road. Such a good quote. <clears throat> No one actually cares about Jimmy having sex with porn stars. Like, I think Jimmy's pretty established of who he is as just like the package. 
not the most reliable human in terms of durability as a player. Clearly, as your as your starting quarterback, he's hard to get a hold of. Where it's the opposite, it feels like with some of these crazy quarterbacks. Like God, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady—they never fucking stop texting me. I mean, Andy Reid's like, you know, I try to take the summer off, and Pat Mahomes is texting me ideas. Josh Allen's like, got ideas on who they should sign. Like Joe Burrow, all in. Jimmy's kind of like just kind of floating down the river. He's clearly talented, good quarterback. People like him, but you know, works hard. Relative to like Americans, but I think for thirty, forty million dollar quarterbacks, I think you'd like a little more. I think he drove them nuts, and in Jimmy's world, they didn't treat him right. And it's just, I have no like. I don't even think it's weird what he said, what the Niners did. It's just very NFL. But I don't think what it's very rare for that to happen. I think it spoke to how far Trey had to go that they they had no choice. They two years ago they had to keep Jimmy. Last year they just they got lucky that they couldn't trade him and then they had to keep him for their own sanity because Trey was not looking good in practice. But two years ago it wasn't even I think they knew when they drafted before they knew that Trey couldn't play, when they just drafted him as a true rookie. They went, well, yeah, we'll just give him like the redshirt year, Patrick Mahomes style. We got Jimmy on contract. He'll just deal with it. We've paid him a lot of money. He'll just deal with it. Which you tend to treat a lot of other positions that way, but not quarterback. Not quarterback. And And even Alex Smith in Kansas City was like, all right, I guess I get it. Right. It's Patrick well, they Mahomes. Had just, they, had, they had blown games in the playoffs. Like Jimmy's like, two years ago, I was starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. And Kyle's like, yeah, we ran it fucking seven times in the NFC Championship game. What the hell did you do? They just had a weird relationship. Part of it with Kyle, with Jimmy, had to be like, wait, wait, wait. You think this guy's better than me? <laughs> I understand you could try to replace me, but go, draw, you know, Josh Allen walks in here, or Lamar Jackson walks in here. You seriously? And this is, this, then this you're going to give him the job? I'm just gone. I'm done. This is my defense of Kyle. So, because I think the universal. Go to is like Kyle and quarterbacks, man. Weird dynamics always. Okay, Jimmy, Trey Lance. Like, I'm sorry that no one takes that one seriously. Like, the pick was shitty, but like, you can't get along with that player. Like, whatever. Matt Ryan, they got a long MVP. Matt Ryan, like, by the second year, was swearing by the guy. Didn't work together that long, didn't have time for it to go sour. True. RG3. How that one age? Well, so I, I, if you want to give me. A top player who someone else thrives with, I will give you 100%. Like, that's a valid argument. I think the 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 individuals used so far in the argument, I can't take that seriously. I would take Jimmy the most seriously. Trey, I, I put zero stock into. And RG3, I think, proved, a, did they handle the injury right or wrong? We can argue that RG3's dad's bitching and moaning about them running a different offense. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry. This is the pros. And clearly, just out of the league, what you know, backup, not very good player. Now, if if you tell me that all of a sudden in two years, uh, Purdy and him are arguing, and Sam Darnold thing blows up in their face, like yeah, then it starts to be a problem. It has to happen with a real player because all the good players on his team at other positions they all get along just fine. Yeah, but at some point he's going to stop getting the pass. Like at some point you have to get a real player, also like a franchise quarterback, right? Like it's yeah, not a good theory. like eventually it's not a good enough ex- yeah I guess in theory I guess you could plug and play quarterbacks like running backs let's see and see if you can win a championship doing that for the next Kyle's young I mean he's got thirty years of plug and play quarterbacks <laughs> left in him I think Kyle, <laughs> Kyle told Kyle Kami he's got at least twenty more right can't do anything else 
I mean, his, his starting quarterback might have just torn his elbow again. Pitch count, Johnny's on a pitch count. Perfectly normal thing for a quarterback two weeks before. For those season. of you that are listening can't see the video, I was expecting it to be a little more vicious of a – was just a little – Yeah, it, like I said, it, 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 the elbow, I retweeted it. Go look at it. It could have been I got my sleeve is up under my shoulder pad and I'm trying to shake it loose. Could have been that. But the throw – It could have just with been like – It could have just been like, what the fuck, Arm? Yeah, <laughs> Doesn't it happen sometimes with a pitcher that misses a spot, like looks at his hand or like does his elbow? I don't think it's that weird. I don't think it's it's potentially not that weird, but it's also potentially a smoking gun. Yeah, mo- monitoring the situation. It's it's on the radar. I don't disagree there. Monitoring the situation. You know, what if it's like, I, actually, it's not sore and it doesn't fatigue, but sometimes there's just, a, he feels a little something. Like that throw was not, I'm tired. That throw was, ah! Like, that's what that throw looked like. The throw was bad. Yeah, this, this, hey Doc, this shit ain't working here. That that felt like I know where I wanted to throw it, and my arm didn't work. Right? Yeah, that's what it felt. Like. I mean, it was a. Spiral. Here's what I would. Here's like what I would have said before we hopped on, and you sent me this, and this came up on a commenter. You would have been like, "Hey John, what's the percent chance of Brock Purdy starting against the Steelers?" I'd say, "Well, unless he somehow gets like injured in practice or something, one hundred percent, he's going to start." That percentage is now no longer 100%. I wouldn't say it's like 50-50, but I am prepared now. As of sitting here doing this podcast, getting that information, we got new information. If you tell me Sam Darnold, like, I don't think – if if you told me right now you got a crystal ball, Sam Darnold starts week one, I'd be like, yeah, I can see that. More likely to play week, week one, Nick – hold on. Nick Bosa, Brock Purdy? Anyway. Nick Bosa or Sam Darnold? We're not even talking about the kicker. All right. They got to get moody healthy. What's going on for the 49ers? Yeah, because what's there really to say? Like, what are they going to do? I don't know. They don't seem to. Kick him at 80%? You don't normally hear about kick. A lot of players play their position hurt. You don't generally talk about kickers that way. Well, you can't kick if something's fucked up in your leg just like you can't pitch if something's fucked right. up in your elbow right, right. it just you stop there's you stop yeah you, you either are good to kick or you're not like i can play hard knocks the last i watched last night their d-line it looked like for a second like separated shoulder or whatever had to go back to get x-rays i don't think they show you probably shot it up because he's trying to make the team comes back out keep playing clear he, he could only kind of use one side you know making some tackles with one arm your elbow goes pitching, you're out. Your your legs going kicking, you're just out. It's it's very black and white. Like he's either okay to kick, or they have to get another kicker week one. And I think they're waiting. I would imagine till Monday to like, is he healthy enough to kick this week, or do we need to bring in someone else for this week? And basically, does he just go inactive for a game or two? Because if they would have done something like, okay, pop him for four weeks, then you legitimately have to sign another. I mean, they, they put what's-his-name on injured reserve, right? Zane Gonzalez. Like he had a, I think they injury settlement with him. Oh, he's gone. I'm pretty sure that's what happened with him. I think that Zane Gonzalez now, shitty thing to happen because wasn't part of the reason that he, was, he had been injured before with the Panthers. He's, he just gets injured a lot. Yeah, it's either uh, IR. I um, last I saw that they IR'd him with okay. uh, Law Two. Hmm. 
Yeah, on IR. But you can always, you can always injury settlement and boot the guy. I wonder if they're like, well, let's just wait a couple weeks, see if he's okay. You know, might as well just keep him. You don't have to pay him much on, you know, half a salary or whatever on IR. I wonder if it's one of those, we can kind of stash this kicker right here. Because if, if they were, if Moody was 100% healthy, I think they would just have, it just got rid of Zangos. They would have yeah, traded him for a seventh or something. Oh, you mean if he had gotten hurt? Any if he had gotten hurt? I wonder, and I think they do this too often. They get like Billy Bean, Farhan. Like they were holding out that Zane would be good, and you see some kickers like got traded over the last couple. Like, come on, guys, you guys are so obsessed with like the little margins instead of like just win the Super Bowl. Like, I'll give Andy and Veach credit. They don't even fucking worry about half that bullshit. But I will you know? say, it turned out that it was more than that, right? They also drafted a kicker, and they're like, let's just, in case, let's have this other but guy. But part of the reason, I, I just think some teams, again, he got hurt recently, might have just cut. Now, he had been struggling in the game, so you just I, maybe need him. for. The, I, I just think they worry about that shit a little too much. Like, can we get, flip this prospect into like a sixth? I just don't feel like the Bills and the Chiefs worry about that shit. Even Howie at this point with his squad, they're not really obsessed with that crap. Well, like the Niners love a good on the margin flip to kicker oh, yeah. for a seventh. Yeah, you are. know? Oh my God. They Which love I would say to you doesn't matter really, but it did because, you know, Zane would get his own day of practice. And then some days. I'm would- not talking about this specific situation. I agree. I just mean overall, they, they try to get cute with some of that shit. As they got like major shit going on, they got a, they just always got a lot going on. They do, thank you. <laughs> it feels like they always got way more going on than even most of the teams that are in their tier, right? They got more going on than like the dysfunctional teams, like the Cardinals. Yeah, have a lot they, going they, on. They, they got every element of it, right? They they just always got something going on here, something going on here, and something going on here. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, they and they won thirty to ten. It's like I. You guys are flirting with this for a long time now. <laughs> Maybe that's just because it did. Cro- I'll, I'll end on this because I got to pee really bad. Is it even possible? Like I, I was in the shower, I was thinking like, could they just go eight and nine? Like to have a disastrous season? And I was like, that's pretty possible. hard. NFC, no, the schedule's possible. pretty hard. It's always possible. Yeah, it's football. It's the NFL. It's always possible. It's just, you can just have a down year. They've been bad be before. Bad. This would be the wrong time to have that happen. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to pee my pants. Oh, like the Notre Dame guy, podcaster? All right, we got to go. I shit his pants. Actually claimed he got double leg cramps. What happened? Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame streamer, everyone thought he sharded. He claims he got double leg cramps, but the internet rumor for 24 hours that he pooped his pants during a live stream. Is he like their big streamer or something? I don't I don't know. It was the first time I saw it. I'll send you the link. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs>